someone to be around you. Someone to sit down and pour you short But sometimes saying goodbye to familiar folks is the only way. Sometimes that's when you finally find your space. Welcome to the Japan Distilled Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Pellegrini, and today we are recording together for the first time in my co-host Stephen Lyman's home studio in Fukuoka. We're both certified shochu and awamori professionals, published authors, and we shot nearly a dozen shochu videos this morning, so we're going to do something fun in this episode. We've been exploring the wonderful world of Japanese spirits for a combined three decades, and we are very excited to share them with you through this podcast. Stephen, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Christopher. This is a little surreal, recording together, used to hearing your voice over head- headphones rather than looking at you face to face. Yeah, this is a little bit weird. I'm not accustomed to being across the table from anyone during one of these things. Although I take that back. When we used to record the Tokyo Swallows podcast, we did that in person for a long time. So it's three guys around a table. So it's not that strange, I suppose. That's right. And I think the first t- couple of times that I was on Sakai on air, we did it actually in the JSS offices in Tokyo. Correct. We did indeed. We did yeah. indeed. That's right. Well, now I'm looking at this desk that this uh, our mic is anchored to. And there's a bunch of unmarked glasses over here that are starting to make me a little nervous. What's going on here? Yeah, well, you know, I'm putting you on the spot a little bit. Uh, I got to decide what we were talking about today. Uh, We did discuss it and uh, you had the idea of tasting through some different things. Uh, And I figured, you know, you are a spirits judge Mm -hmm. at competitions around the world. And so... I thought we'd have a blind tasting. You're going to taste through a number of different products. You're going to give your unvarnished opinions on them. Mm-hmm. And then I want to get, I want you to score them. I want you to give them unrated bronze, silver, gold, or <laughs> best in show. Okay. And only if they deserve it, right? This is not, there's no participation trophies here. If you gotcha. don't like any of them, all right, say so. All right. Okay. There are no winners or losers. There's just clear spirits and glasses in front of you. And there's one, two, three, four, five, six of them. That's right. That's a decent flight, right? Oh, boy. All right. Let's do this. Okay. So we usually do this in judging with all spirits from the same class. But having said that, every time you judge a spirit, you are supposed to judge it only against itself. You're not supposed to judge it against the other things in the flight necessarily. So if I can divorce myself from my prejudices, then this should work. All right. Great. Now, I think what we would categorize this as is East Asian spirits. Okay. Broadly. Mm-hmm. They're, let's say East Asian unaged spirits, right? They're all clear. Uh, they all come from either Japan or they're imported uh, into Japan from neighboring countries. All right. Okay. okay. That's fair. All of these have been approved by the Japanese government for sale in Japan. So, you know, that there's no elephant dung or anything like that. That's okay. right. Well, that's good. I, I trust you that far. Okay, so, so let's got, try this. We got six lined up. I have documented which are which, and you're welcome to start in whatever order you like, but I kind of suggest from left to right. Okay, left to right. So I'm picking up the glass on the left. Was, these are all clear as water, it seems, at least from at first, first blush. Wow, this is... Okay, so I just stuck my nose in here. It is... It's got kind of a medium aroma intensity, nothing too too vigorous. Just pretty sedate, pretty neutral. Okay, I'm going to take a sip. Really light. Jeez. 
<laughs> no idea what that was. Okay. I do wish that this was on video so you could see Christopher's face right now. <laughs> what is going on? Okay. I'm going to immediately move on to the second one. I'm not even going to say anything about the first one yet. So I'm going to break my own rule. I'm going to judge them against each other. Okay. I think that's fair. You're on a shit. That was a lot more powerful. Japan Distilled Podcast rather yeah. than an international competition table. Okay. So this one, I believe, has more alcohol in it. It is much more vociferous on the nose. Still pretty neutral. Not, I'm not going to put it in my mouth yet. I'm going to go to the third one. Give yep. it a swirl. I did not order these based on ABV. So they're going to bounce around this? a little bit. Holy crap. That's, um, okay. Shoot. This is fun. <laughs> it is for me. <laughs> this is the fourth one. I think I know what that is. Here's the fifth one. What? There's nothing in here. Is this water? <laughs> and then last but not least, this little guy. What is this? Holy crap. What is in here? All right. Um, All right. So we got pretty strong responses on number three and number six. Was it number three? I think it was. Yep. Yeah. Numbers three and six. Okay. Yeah. You said you thought you knew what number four was. So. I think I do. Um. So, yeah, let me focus on number three and number six. I'm going to try this one. What the hell is that? <laughs> that is weird. I've been saving this for you. Whew. Okay. A little hot. That's interesting. That was not what I expected it to taste like. And number six, I guess, was the other one that I That's right. thought was. This one. It, okay. I expected it to have more alcohol on it. It's really not that hot. Mm. I ex it smells like it should have some more oomph to it, but it doesn't. Okay, so let's see. I'm trying to find one that... there. A few of these are so damn neutral. It's almost surprising. Like, I can't even smell anything in here. Like a few of them are clearly like basically ethanol spirits. Correct. I don't know which is which, but I mean, there's a vodka here. Yes, there is a vodka. Wow. No the, idea. The puzzlement on your face is tremendous. We really did need to record the video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is nuts. Um, okay. Uh, the, the strongest one anyway, uh, in terms of the alcohol burn, I think is number two, mm -hmm. uh, number five has nothing on the nose, but then it does have a little bit of something on the, on the palate. Although my palate is destroyed now. I shouldn't have just drank all those together. So I haven't tried any of these. I didn't nose them a little bit when I was pouring, but you're right. We do have three essentially neutral spirits, three neutral spirits. We have three that have a little bit more character and I just put them out somewhat randomly. Uh, and you, you figured out which are the three neutral, right? Okay. It's, it's one, two and four. And, uh, I guess we can do a reveal on some of these so far. Number one is a Korean soju. Uh, now we didn't get a flavored one. We got uh, fresh, uh, from, I guess I would say what I do. Uh, so I would say Jinro, but mm -hmm. in in Korean they they pronounce that 
Jiro, yeah. Jiro, yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, it's Jiro Fresh, uh, which is, is their is their neutral version. This is sixteen percent alcohol, so very very light. And it is really light. Are some additives to it, but it's essentially almost pure. Dilute. It's not like that stuff that's so popular in the states right now. It's not like the pomegranate and right. yogurt and watermelon bologna that everybody's drinking um, right. until they go half blind. Uh, this is. A little bit more standard, but much lighter than the soju I used to drink when I lived in Korea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've really brought the ABV down, haven't they? It's really just, it, you, you you know, you felt like you earned it when you drank this stuff back in like 2002, 2003. Now it's just very, very pedestrian. Yeah. This is, um, yeah, not particularly exciting. Uh, I don't, I don't think, I don't really see the point. Mm-hmm. Honestly, sure. At just that, I mean, you're going to chill it. It's a palate cleanser, essentially. You right. chill it, and then that's the only thing it's good for. Number two, if we go back to this, yeah. This one has obviously more ethanol, but mm-hmm. also you can taste something, right? Like it's got a little more character to it. I'm not sure what it is, but it's um, it definitely has more alcohol. Yep, it is. It's a vodka. It's 40% alcohol. Now, this is the first time we're talking anything positive about vodka on this show. This is Misha vodka. This is made here in Japan. And this this particular bottling was actually made at Kuroki Honten. Okay. So this is uh, Japanese domestic rice made uh, in Miyazaki, this particular bottling of Misha. Okay. And uh, as I understand it, it's multiply pot distilled rather than a column distilled vodka. So which they is why it's running it through yeah. again and again and again. That's right. And that's why you've got more character than you would expect out of just a pure ethanol vodka. That was, I mean, I'm not going to drink it every day, but it was interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know that. I think you should try it straight once. You said number four was the other one. Is that right? That's right. Again, neutral as can be. Just mildly sweet on the palate, mm-hmm. but nothing exceptional. Very neutral. That's right. Now that is uh, Kinmiya, which is a Korui Shochu. So Kinmiya. multiply distilled Korui Shochu. This does show up in in the States on Shochu menus. And it's often listed, listed under Kokuto Sugar or Sugar Cane Distillate because that's what the base spirit is. Yeah. But folks, skip it. Yeah. It is essentially neutral as can be multiply distilled column distilled 25 percent abv huh yep and it it's used in japan pretty religiously as the backbone for a lot of izakaya cocktails mm-hmm. so a lot of sours a lot of um too high for lack of a better term so That's right. it it sells a lot yep. it's one of the best selling products in japan it is it is for sure and it comes in a i like the bright blue packaging like kind of sea foam green almost and yeah you know that's fun but that's probably the best thing about it by far the best thing about it. Yes, I, I agree with you. Okay, let's yeah. go through these other guys. So number three, this one just has a bunch of acetone on the nose. It's really interesting. Damn, what is that? Holy crap. <laughs> um, so if I was going to score it, it's a little too hot, frankly. Mm-hmm. The ethanol is out of balance. I don't know what the ethanol is because I don't know what kind of spirit it is. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to judge whether or not that's a fault. I think the acetone on the nose is probably out of whack. Mm-hmm. But again, I don't know what it is. I would not give it a medal. Gotcha. What is it? That is actually a baiju. 
<laughs> I, I snuck one in that you weren't aware of, but since you had actually done judging in China, yeah, I figured that that might be fun to throw in there. That one wasn't wasn't as rough as many of them that I have I have had even recently. I've had a bunch of baijiu. This is a product, uh, Jing Zhao Bai, maybe you pronounce it. Wow. It's a uh, the one of the Chinese restaurants here in Fukuoka that I really enjoy is uh, a Sichuan restaurant. Okay. They just love the way this goes with their Szechuan food, with the spicy food. Makes and, sense. And they let me buy a little bottle to bring home. And this is the first time I cracked it. So this is not your average baijiu. It's only 40% ABV. Most of the stuff that I taste at, you know, spirit selection, for instance, is over the, in the 50s, 53 sure. at least. It's nothing like that, like what I'm used to. Right. The other one that I've had recently that is also uh, 40% is Ming River. Mm -hmm. And Ming River is a really interesting expression. It is also not your average um, baijiu. It's very easy sipping compared to what is more normal. It's got a lot of pineapple. It's got a lot of those notes that you expect, some of the acetone. That one was a little bit much for me, not knowing what it was. Um, I get it now. Sure. So one, two, three, then four, five and six are the last two. Is that right? And I think five, you put your nose in and you knew what it was. Is that right? Yep. Number six has some rum-like notes on top, some cane notes. And then it's really boring on the palate. Hmm. It's like decidedly, maybe because I just drank <laughs> a bunch of high-octane stuff, <laughs> including a baijo just before it, which might ruin it. Sure. But it really does not, it's really unbalanced mm -hmm. from the, the nose, the aromas on the nose to the palate. I mean, there's a lot of, there's some dark sugar notes there. There's uh there's some, you know, grassiness in there. There's a little bit of like a, a, a earthiness to it. It's kind of interesting on the nose, way too sweet on the nose, but then it on the palate is just like, um, I'm water masquerading as something <laughs> more interesting. It really was pretty boring on the palate. That would definitely not get a medal. That would, uh, that would have judges at the, at the discussion after the tasting going, what the hell was the point of that? <laughs> so no, I'm curious what it is. What is it? Sure. That one is, oh, that one is Inugami Shochu. It, there it is. From Brewdog. And I have never had it before. That's right. I have never had it. You haven't even tried it yet? No, I just opened it for you. Oh crap. So you got the first taste of it. <laughs> You're the guinea pig. And you're like, what was the point of that? Well, let's just read their back label description, okay. shall we? All right. And I quote, yeah. uh, from now on, Shochu will do Brewdog's bidding. Like the fearsome Inugami, dog spirit said to possess unsuspecting travelers, we've taken control of Japan's most popular drink. We individually distill the raw ingredients, malted barley, malted wheat, molasses, and rice in our triple bubble pot still and then blend them together to create a balanced and refreshing spirit. The liquid passes through our eight plate rectification column just once, keeping all of the flavor locked in before we add ginger and rhubarb. Now this smooth, delicate, and naturally sweet spirit is ready to possess you. Okay. Nothing that you just described. No. Came, so, I mean, and rhubarb and ginger were not in, in the equation there. That's right. And this this is uh, obviously being column distilled. It would not be a honkaku shochu. Uh, I'm not sure what it could be classified as realistically. 
Yeah, let me put my nose. But you do get that kind of rum like. Mm-hmm. There is a little cane element there that I was. Yeah, I almost thought it was a a white rum for a second. Interesting. Yeah, I've, I've got that. I you know maybe because I knew that there was rhubarb in it, I feel like I'm getting a little bit of that fruitiness. But um, yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to. Not sure what we're going to do with this. We might make <laughs> maybe make some cocktails. Uh, okay, and then number five. Yeah, that's just a that's a vacuum distilled rice shochu. You are correct, sir. That is Hakutake Shiro, the 100%. best selling rice shochu in Japan. Uh, last I heard, it was about fifty percent of the rice shochu market. I bet you it's even higher now. Mm-hmm. Um, but really nice, easy drinking, very well made. Uh, I don't want to put thoughts into your head about whether or not you give it a medal, but and we also have a bias, right? We are. I am very yes. Oh, I have a. We both have a proclaimed bias in favor of atmospheric distilled sure, rice shochu. Sure. Um, I appreciate that for what it is. I think that if that was in a flight with a bunch of, even with um, you know, other rice shochu that are more ginjo forward, mm-hmm. I think this would have a hard time. But it's not designed to be. It's designed to just be your everyday, everywhere sipper. True. So it's not meant to knock your socks off. I don't think it would meddle, but it does what it does very well. It's incredibly balanced and smooth. You would almost be excused for thinking that it has less than 25% alcohol because it's so well integrated. Right, right. Yeah, that's always been for that and for Ichigo is the barley equivalent. Of the, they're, they're so well balanced and easy drinking that they that's why they shine. That's why they, they're two of the best selling brands in the country. Very good. So would any of them meddle in your estimation? I think that, and me not being a vodka expert, I think that if there was a vodka flight, there are never many because mm-hmm. even vodka makers are smart, smart enough to know not to put their spirits in front of a bunch of spirits geeks. Mm-hmm. But there's one that shows up every once in a while. And most of the time it's very underwhelming. That had a little bit of character to it that I think people might find interesting. Mm-hmm. So if they haven't submitted it, to a decent competition yet, I recommend that they do so. Other than that, I don't think we have any medals. Okay. That's what I suspected going in. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I thought you might might have a fondness for Shido, but I, I understand that it, in a flight of rice shochu, it probably would, would, it would get buried. I don't want to do comparisons here, but if you compare it to, for instance, the soju and the, of course, the korui shochu, hands down, best spirit there out of the three. Right. If you lined it up with a bunch of other rice shochu, it could get lost in there, though. Even with their own products. I mean, the shiro ginne, which has all that ginger Absolutely. aroma. Absolutely. Right? It would lose out big time yeah. to that. In, for if sure. you're looking for something that has more character. Yeah. No, no doubt. So I guess just for people who aren't really uh, as familiar with the judging of, of spirits in competition, what is that process like? I mean, I, you did certainly have an evaluation process that you went through with each drink as you were as you were tasting them. But generally, what are the criteria? How does the judging work? That that kind of thing. I know it, it varies by competition. Uh, it does very much so. The one that I did most recently, which was spirit selection, in, and it was hosted in Treviso, Italy, just at the you know ended at the beginning of October. There's essentially three major groups of criteria. First is visual which is pretty easy. You're just looking for clarity and does it look like what it should look like? The only thing you know going in is what the general category is. So mm-hmm. you know it's like an old molasses rum, rum flight or you know it's a you know an exo cognac flight or whatever. Other than that, you know nothing. And so you're just going on 
there's going to be a quick at the table. There's a quick run through of like, what are the common faults here? What is normally a fault in other spirits, but could be okay if it's in the right proportions um, compared to everything else. There's a little bit of a refresher on that. And then silence. Mm -hmm. And everybody goes through the flight at their own pace, taking notes, Uh, visual, then aroma, then flavor or, Mm -hmm. or palate. And when I'm dealing with the nose, what I'm looking for are first and foremost, big groups of aromas. So nuts, dairy, fruit, flowers, age components, those sorts of things. And then I try to start naming them. And it's really interesting to look over other people's notes because some people get very poetic about this stuff. And it's like, this smells like the you know, the coat of a, of a gentleman after he's been in the theater. I'm like, what is going on in your head? But these are like tasting notes that some people throw out there. And it's gotten easier to do this because now they, they're typed rather than handwritten so you can go faster. But I basically start with big groups and then I try to focus. So if it's dairy, what type of dairy? Is it yogurt? Is it cheese? Is it aged cheese? What are we talking about here? Milk? Mm-hmm. And then so on and so forth. And that kind of informs how I write my notes and sometimes I throw some zingers in there. I, I will put things that are a little bit ridiculous, but I do, it's all train of thought. It's kind of like just dia- diarrhea of the brain coming straight out of my fingers into the, into the pad. Kind of like what I did the other night when I was tasting those three samples that got sent to me. Right, right. What, right. what did we, what did, what did <laughs> I say? It was like, this, this is clearly intended for somebody who has at least two Bossa Nova CDs. <laughs> like that, sometimes that stuff slips out, but. Yeah, um, you, you had some doozies in that. In that, uh, yeah. So, and I try to keep it to a minimum, but sometimes I just can't help myself. As listeners of this podcast will be well aware. <laughs> but, anyways, yeah, it's a very, very cool, cool uh, communal and cooperative process. It's a lot of fun to get to learn from the other judges, and I don't think that there's anything that can really replace it other than just doing these sorts of tastings all the time and getting your your thoughts on paper so mm-hmm. visual nose palette and then you know all together does it work the way that it's supposed to work and out of 100 points um and then everybody submits their scores and then after all the scores are submitted then the group starts talking again about whether or not there were any medals anything mm-hmm. worthy mm-hmm. and usually that'll come out to the table chair will see the uh, average score mm-hmm. for the, each one of those drinks. If there are some over 88, 89, then okay. you start having conversations about medals, but it really does. Ha- it becomes a little bit of a group decision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if something, if somebody really violently doesn't like something, cause sometimes you do have an expert in that area. We had a guy, our table chair was a cognac maker, a brandy maker. Oh, wow. Okay. And he was just like, listen, they screwed, they screwed this up at the still, they, mm-hmm. they screwed up the distillation or they're like, this is not right from, they did something weird with the aging. Mm-hmm. And then you get that and you're like, yeah, but I still liked it. And then people push back real hard. There's a lot of very vigorous discussions. And then, you know, sometimes people leave the table pretty pissed off. Anyways, my process is basically going through the nose very quickly and, uh, and trying to understand as much as I can about the drink before I put it in my mouth. And I don't leave it in my mouth for very long, especially if it's a Baijo flight. Sure. <laughs> Holy crap. Cause that's just going to wreck burn. you for days. But fortunately spirit selection, I really respect because they never make any judge do more than 35 samples a day. Okay. It's really sure. humane. 
Right. That is. Yeah. So I really appreciate that. They also have an upper cap on the number of awards they can give. There's no more than 30% of all submissions are allowed to get any medal, any medal whatsoever. So okay. they cap it at 30. And if there are too many, they just start calling the right. lower scores. They're sure. just, you, they all get dropped. Yep. So it's a lot of silvers get mm-hmm. left off the, off the table. So not many awards handed out. We only gave out one grand gold the entire week. Oh, wow. And we, Wanted to give out more, but there just wasn't enough agreement. So there were more gold medals. But anyways, that's the process, I guess. Huh, that's really interesting. I, I've only judged for uh, Tokyo Whiskey and Spirits competition, which you and I both judge for. Mm-hmm. But we were invited during the pandemic. And so we get flight samples sent home. We taste them at home. And we don't really get any discussion or feedback with the other judges, which right. I think is 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 unfortunate because I think there's an opportunity to learn from one another. Absolutely. I certainly would would learn from more experienced judges. And I think whiskey judges judging shochu would learn from me. Absolutely. Right. So I think hopefully in the future, they'll, they'll be able to reconcile that. Now, what they do is they then take all of the things that scored highly, and then they have a final judging panel, which all mm-hmm. does happen in person in Tokyo. Uh, but again, not part of that. So not sure exactly how that process goes. Yeah. And, uh, but, but they actually just started uh, having shochu in the competition around 2020. That's right. So there's a learning curve there, right? Not having judged it. Certainly. And they've got, they're very whiskey heavy. Sure. And their judges are mostly like cocktail bar folks and, and whiskey bar folks. So that's right. And the, the first, what first three winners were all barrel aged shochu, mm-hmm. which kind of makes sense. If whiskey, <laughs> whiskey, judges, whiskey are, judges judging shochu. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, I they are good spirits, this. but it's like, it's almost like there should be a best in class for barrel age shochu and then best in class for non-barrel age, you know, for, for the neutral aging or more neutral aging. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I don't have a problem with having an overall top scoring spirit. Sure. Regardless of what it is, but yeah, I think it's unfair to judge all of the barrel age stuff against, mm-hmm. you know, you got lighter, like I'm just thinking off the top of my head, another rice shochu, kawabe. Kawabe is a lovely kind of ginjo. Mm-hmm style rice shochu and that up against a barrel aged kokuto sugar shochu is just not really fair right you know right. so they shouldn't really be judged or considered against each other they should be considered against themselves mm-hmm. i think it's the, hard to do i think the cut that they do make is it's 25 percent or less so your your standard mm-hmm. uh, and then it's anything higher than that and those are actually two different awards given uh based on abv and that does help with those lighter you know elegant but right. low proof brands like koabe could could actually win that award sometime, but yeah, uh, yeah, it's 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 been an interesting experience to judge for them. But I would I'd love to be at a table for one of these competitions where I get to learn and and interact with absolutely. The other judges. Me too. I don't think there's anything better. Yeah, that's cool. You mentioned acetone in the bai baijiao baiju. I never know how to say that. Baijo baijo. Just think of saying baijo. Okay. Bye bye. In the baijo, uh, and it's interesting because. There's a shochu that that's a characteristic that acetone is a characteristic of, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the hanatare. Sure. Where if you were tasting that in a flight of whatever the base spirit was, like a shochu flight, uh-huh. and you hit that one with acetone all over the place, you might think of it as a fault. Yeah. Because in your, if you're not an experienced shochu judge or you're not, you're not familiar with hanatare, that could really throw you for a loop, mm-hmm. but it's actually sought after. I think that's a, that's something people actually like in their hanatare is that at least I do. Sure. So yeah. I, you know, and it's, it's, it's all about how you drink hanatare, right? It's frozen 
over a big ball of ice. Right. It's just viscous and, and delicious. Mm-hmm. But in a flight, it would just come completely out of left field, right? Yeah. And the same thing or analogous to that, I think, would be when you're looking at uh, Sake Lee's shochu or Kastori shochu, you and I went to a Kastori shochu as a kaya last night. And yeah, some of those indeed. things, if they were in a flight, people would just be like, unbalanced, what a mess. Yeah, that guy right over there, right? That's right. Yeah. And that guy is Yamafuru. Yamafuru. Yamafuru from Saga, which is a, a Sanabori shochu, right? Yeah. So here you've got that rice bran mixed with with the sake leaves and then distilled in a in a archaic uh, seiro mushi, uh, a wooden pot still that's actually more like a big pork bun steamer with a condenser on top. And I can imagine that or one of these hanatare in a in a let's say a rice shochu flight, and they wouldn't do well. People just no. wouldn't understand them. What happened to this thing? Yeah, yeah. but yet we went through. I mean, we were sharing. It's, these weren't individual drinks. We probably went through fifteen or twenty different kastori shochu that were made in traditional style last night, Easily. and they all had very similar aroma characteristics. But then everything else changed once you tasted them. Sure. So they were fascinating. Yeah, yeah, they were. That was a great tasting. That was a lot of fun. So glad we could do that, um, and glad we could do this. I've uh, wanted to record in person for a while. Yeah, and so it's nice that we can do this face to face and actually. Uh, get one of these recorded while we're uh, together here in Kyushu. And Indeed, hopefully the hopefully the sound doesn't suck. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Sorry, Rich. Yeah, um, we we have a actually. I think this episode should release before Wednesday of next week, and Wednesday of next week is November first or Shochu Day, International Shochu Day. So if you're listening to this episode before November first or on November first, raise a glass to Shochu. And if you don't have any shochu right now, please go out and get some. If you don't have anywhere that sells it, please go ask them to carry it. Fair. And there are a lot of uh, brands you can now get online, right? So you could always... Fair uh, point. I think uh, when we talked to Mizu Shochu, Jesse Fallow, it's in our last episode, uh, He was he's selling direct on his website to 40 states. So if, you, if nothing else, grab some go. Mizu. And that's excellent shochu. It is. It is. Well... Thank you very much for listening, everyone. If you have not already, then please consider rating and reviewing the Japan Distilled podcast wherever you enjoy listening. It really helps others find the show. And please feel free to reach out to us on Twitter or Instagram. You can find me at Chris Pellegrini on Twitter and at Christopher Pellegrini on Instagram. You can find me at Japan Distilled on Twitter and Instagram. And check out our website, japandistilled.com. I spend a fair amount of time on the show notes, and there's always additional information in there. And we are still occasionally doing Japan Distilled Show Tuesday whenever we have uh, time. We will probably do a little bit of a live stream from uh, Tenmonkan in Kagoshima for Shochu Street on Shochu Day. Uh, That'll be your morning, our evening, but uh, it'll be in the archives on YouTube and Facebook. And of course, don't forget to sign up for our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Japan Distilled. I'm actually going to start giving things to our Patreon subscribers. Um, I've been recording, I think you've probably seen them on, on Instagram. I've been recording one minute Chuhai reviews. Mm-hmm. All of those are moving to the Patreon. Mm. I'm, I'm, those aren't going to be on the Instagram anymore. Those will be Patreon content. Gotcha. Just a little, little something, something, something. Little by folks. little, that's little right. by little. We're going to up the game. Yeah, there will be much, much nicer things on there, but uh, that's where we're getting started. 
All right. Well, from both of us here in Japan to all of you out there, a very hearty and heartfelt kanpai. 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 We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Japan Distilled Podcast. This has been Christopher Pellegrini with my co host, Stephen Lyman. Our theme song is Begin Anywhere by the very talented Tomoko Miyata. Audio engineering by the incomparable Rich Pav, who also edits the fantastic Uncanny Japan podcast with Teresa Matsuura. Please give that a listen as well if you're interested in Japanese fables and ghost stories. Time's up, time's up.